Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Ishinko, Ishinko, all around the ground he runs. Thumping players one by one, he don't muck about. Hey! Ishinko, Ishinko, he's the one big players know. When he knocks them down, he goes, oh, 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 hey! Classic from the Could Have Been Champions there. Well, throughout his 142-game career at the highest level, Alex Ishenko became a cult hero as a ruckman with his tenacity and presence standing out on the footy field. He was an inaugural member of the West Coast Eagles who were in the finals, of course, this year, have had a rich history. He played in the early days for the Brisbane Bears up in Queensland who are, of course, staging the finals. And he played in one of the most intense finals matches of all time at North Melbourne in 1994 in the prelim against the Cats. So he has a very big history in the game, a very unique history and I thought it was timely to get Alex Yashenko on the line to have a chat since we are in the midst of finals action. How are you Alex? I'm good thanks Damien and uh, yeah thanks for having me on. No problem at all we appreciate your time. Firstly I must ask Eagles, Brisbane or North Melbourne where do your allegiances lie? <laughs> oh look uh, probably North Melbourne you know I, uh, I ended my career there and um you know, I uh, probably spent more time there than the uh, the other clubs and um, was certainly an environment I, I enjoyed. And it was a pretty special era too that, um, you know, I was involved in too through the, uh, the early and mid-90s. Absolutely. And, of course, you came in, I think, just before Dennis Pagan arrived and were in the early Pagan era as a ruckman. Uh, you were nicknamed as the Russian, and we heard the parody there from the Could Have Been Champions. But I understand that is a misconception because I believe you are of Ukrainian heritage, like as Alex Desilinko, actually. So I've always wondered, what is the backstory of your family coming to Australia? Uh, well, look, it was my, my father who, uh, who came to Australia as a displaced person after the, uh, the war. Um, my mother was actually um, was actually Australian, and um, and uh, so look, I, I grew up in in Perth in a very um, very uh, I suppose typical Australian uh, family, and um, yeah. and uh, you know by virtue of my name, you know being uh, Ischenko, and I think at the time in the Soviet Union there was a, uh, a premier called Chernenko, and uh, so you know. Uh, nicknames around footy clubs as they do you know sort of it came to stick and um i was called the russian <laughs> which didn't go down well with a lot of ukrainians and as i you know time's gone by i've certainly understood why absolutely now just on that point racism directed towards indigenous players in the 80s has been a topical issue of late because you were called the russian and back in the 80s we still had the cold war remember transpiring at the time were yep. racial remarks directed towards you from opposition players at that stage uh, no, I mean, okay. I mean, certainly being, uh, you know, European, uh, heritage, you know, you, you, you'd be called, um, you know, sort of names like, um, 
any, uh, I, I suppose, anybody from uh, Southern Europe in those days, you know, you'd be called a wog or whatever you're in. And, you know, uh, that that was sort of the extent of it. But um, not not really, and, and certainly not to... Um, to, uh, you know, the degree of, um, you know, what the Indigenous population have put up with. Absolutely. We're speaking with Alex Ashenko here on SEN. The Eagles are in the finals this year. You played in their very first game back in 1987 after a storied career in the WAFL. Do you remember the pomp and ceremony in the lead-up? And Were you nervous, given it was your first game in the VFL at the time in a new national competition? Look, it was certainly a, um, a, a great unknown, and we were probably fortunate we had guys like Ross Glendinney and Rob Wiley and Johnny Anir and Dean Turner and I um, can't think of anybody else off the top who, who had uh, obviously played in the VFL and, um, and uh, you know, were part of that, that team. And um, I, I think we sort of just all got swept up, you know, sort of in the, uh, in the moment, and there, were, there was always pretty much an anti-Victorian sentiment in, um, <laughs> you know, in WA, in those days, as there is now, and um, you know, it was uh, quite a competitive uh, game. And uh, I think I was up against uh, Mark Lee, you know, uh, General Lee, and um, and there was probably a bit of a, an aura around the Victorians. And we we quickly, you know, wasn't long into the game before you realised they were uh, just like we were. You know, they were flesh and blood, and um, they bled just the same as we did. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a fantastic game as well. Do you remember that final quarter? I think you were down by four to five goals early in that final term and there was that massive rush home with the roar of the crowd at Subiaco Oval. Is that still vivid in your mind? Um, I wouldn't say vivid, but but I certainly remember it. You know, there, there are certain games you do remember that and that, that was certainly uh, certainly one of them, you know, and um, it's all pretty much a blur nowadays, but it was, um, it was an exciting time generally. And... Um, you know, we had Ron Alexander as a coach then, and you know he he was great for me at the time, and um, and uh, yeah, an exciting time, very different to uh, to what it is now. You know, uh, thirty odd years on, to um, you know from that that time. Alex Ashenko joining us here on SEN. Was it all a bit of a rush the way the Eagles were organised looking back or was it something that you felt could be a template for other clubs starting in the competition, just reflecting back in the lead-up to that first season? Oh, look, the, the, the thing is it's, you know, over 30 years ago and um, the professionalism and the way things are organised now, you know, it's probably gone to the other extreme, and you, you know, you're seeing the uh, the massive cuts that are being put into footy departments and the AFL generally now. You know, in those days, there was um, there was very little of the infrastructure that you had, you know, around the teams, and you know that you have have nowadays. And um, you know, you you certainly couldn't start a team. You know, I mean, it'd be the equivalent of a you know an amateur side nowadays. You know, even the VFL. You know, and the like would have far greater resources than what we had, you know, um, back back in those days. But um, yeah, interesting. You know, I mean, certainly as you uh, you look back and you know, sort of track the improvements in every uh, every facet of the game, it it is fascinating. Uh, you were known as an imposing ruckman and you use that physicality to great effect as an attribute in your game. Was some of it at times contrived to, to, to try and lift the side when they were down? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, there's a lot of bluff and bluster in, um, you know, in, uh, in in football, and um, you know, uh, I, I reckon I certainly brought <laughs> brought a bit of that to the uh, to the table. And um, 
and you know provided you you're, you're prepared to uh, to go through with an act and and uh you know um if you're going to uh, be yelling and screaming, you got to be prepared to uh, to back it up. But <laughs> but there, there was there was a lot of uh, bluff and bluster. And at the end of the day, there's not a lot you can do on a footy field anyway. It's a pretty safe place, you know. Um, certainly the uh, the pace and the velocity of the players, you know, sort of um, attack the ball and um, the like now is far greater than uh, than anything we we did. And uh, you know, I I sort of um, I, I almost cringe now when I see the you know the attack on the uh, the ball that some of the players are um, are able to um, commit to. We're speaking with Alex Sashenko here on SEN. What prompted the move to the Brisbane Bears, and it was a completely different environment, I'd imagine. Yeah, look, it it, it was. Um, uh, I think it was pretty well documented. Uh, Ron Alexander got the uh, the flick after um, yep. after the eighty seven year. Uh, John Todd came into the um, into the fray, and I'd I'd sort of gone from um, probably being the uh, you know the third or fourth string ruckman to um, to uh, you know the uh, the number one ruck in the uh, the Eagles side, and and um, I think Toddy was pretty keen to uh, you know sort of smack that. Um, maybe that, that arrogance or the attitude out of me and, uh, you know, sort of make me, you know, sort of really earn my, my stripes. And we, we had a bit of a, a tumultuous relationship. There are a couple of incidents along the uh, the way that I look back on now and sort of wish I'd, uh, I'd handled very differently. But um, um, it, it was one of those things. I was out of contract at the end of the year and, and Brisbane was still throwing around a, uh, you know, a bit of money. And, and certainly what I went to Brisbane on was, significantly greater than anything I was uh, going to get at, um, at the West Coast in those days. And I thought, well, it was a bit of a fresh start and, and uh, a chance to, um, to, you know, sort of get back to, uh, I suppose, playing the way I thought I could. Tell us about the days playing up at Carrara for the Bears during that Christopher Scase, Paul Cronin, Ruben Pelham in the era. It must have been tough going up there at times with some of the substandard facilities. Yeah, look, it, it was um, was probably more the uh, the environment, you know, in, in Victoria or even in WA, you know, they were um, they were essentially football states. So, you know, there was always football in the news or on the paper or or whatever, you know, people knew what was uh, was happening in, in at Carrara. You know, you drive through the gates, you'd switch on, you'd do your training, you'd drive back out of the gates, you'd go home, you'd switch off, and you wouldn't read or hear about. You know, Aussie rules football till you next went back down the club to train. So you were sort of really insulated from, um, you know, the uh, the mainstream footy media and everything else, all the hype and the um, and the like that went along with it. So I think that was probably the um, the biggest impediment to uh, to getting consistent performances. You know, having you know uh, having said that, the um, Brisbane Bears back in those days did have a bit of success when you compare them to uh, some of the start-up sides, you know, we've had in uh, in recent times in the AFL. Mm. Um, but um, it, it was a it was a difficult environment from predominantly that point of view. Um, it was bloody hot and sticky, you know, <laughs> and uh, and um, you know you saw a bit of that in uh, the standard of some of the footy this year. You yeah. know when when sides are playing in the uh, the Queensland humidity, but um, yeah, it it's, uh, was, was predominantly the fact that you um, it wasn't a football state. 
That's right. And Queensland has arguably saved AFL footy this year. And just on that point in the fact that it wasn't a football state back in the late 80s, the sport really wasn't given much attention at all by the locals. Are you proud to see how far it has come up in the Sunshine State since those fledgling early days, given you were part of the initial fabric of the club in the early years? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and... and when I say it wasn't a football state, it was still a strong local football uh, competition. You know, the, the QAFL, as there was in, you know, uh, South Australia and WA and um, even the VFL in, um, sorry, the VFL, the uh, the VFA. Before the, uh, the you know, we, we had the VFL become the AFL. You know, there, there was this second tier competition, which I think was um, was far stronger and had a really good support base before the AFL, you know, uh, took over and now you've seen all of those second tier um, competitions really have been decimated in every in every state and in particular Queensland so Queensland you know you went from having a relatively strong QAFL to um, you know the uh, the Brisbane Lions and now you know the Gold Coast Suns and not a lot else so um, I think now that we've um, you know you've got the Brisbane Lions back in the finals you know they've got a chance to to uh, regrow some of those feeder uh, competitions and um, and hopefully get more kids playing the game. And, you know, of course, these days it's the women as well, isn't it? We're speaking with Alex Ashenko here on SEN. Another thing that's topical at the moment, you actually played in the only Brisbane Bears premiership, I can recall, in their reserve side in 1991, I think, under Rodney Eat. And that was the last year, of course, in 1991 up until this year, where a grand final wasn't played at the MCG. What was the experience like playing a grand final out at Waverley in the Brisbane Bears, Guernsey? Did it feel eerie? Um. Yeah, look, it, it, it did. It was sort of um, was one of those those uh, things, you know. I'd sort of, um, I think, under Wolsey, you know, he made a decision at some point in the, um, you know, during the course of the year that um, radio he had to sort of um, build for the future. So, so a few of us who weren't, you know, sort of long term prospects were um, were sort of uh, sent back to the Rezies. and I think from memory, I only just, you know, sort of uh, qualified for the uh, for the finals and. You know, as I was sort of uh, talking earlier on, it was probably uh, the last thing I really wanted to do at the time. But <laughs> once I sort of got my head around uh, playing and Rocket was coach and, um, you know, he, he was fantastic. All of a sudden, you know, he, um, there was a bit of fun back in with uh, with everything we were doing and we, we won a couple of games and before we knew it, we were in a grand final. And so um, it, it was actually a lot of fun, you know, playing at Waverley and, uh, and in front of a bit of a crowd. And, of course, we... Um, we uh, had a pretty good win as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, fantastic day. I think it was against Melbourne from memory, that grand final, the reserves in 1991. Yep. Uh, you came to North Melbourne in 92 and played there for about four seasons, mainly under Dennis Pagan. What was Dennis like as a coach? Could he be intimidating? Because it seems like everyone who played under Dennis in that era in the 90s at North has a story about him. Oh, yeah. No, look, he, he was. But, look, I... Um, yeah, I came to North, and, and to be quite honest, I, I didn't think I had another game left in me, but Rodney E went to North Melbourne as an assistant coach to uh, to Shimmer, and um, and he rang me up, and, you know, uh, I was in, in Queensland still, and, you know, sort of asked what I was doing, and uh, whether I was uh, interested in, you know, sort of coming down, because they were a bit thin in their uh, their ruck stocks, and um, mm. at the time, I sort of ummed and ahed, and I thought, yeah, bugger it, I'll, um, I'll uh, come down, nothing ventured, nothing gained, and... Um, before I knew it, you know, I sort of uh, worked my way into the side. I had a um, 
pretty good year under um, under Shimmer. I think I might have finished third in the uh, the best and fairest mm. to um, a guy called Wayne Carey. Darren <laughs> Crocker, I think, was uh, was second, and um, and uh, you know I thought bloody hell, I, I didn't think I had this in me still, but. Um, uh, Shimmer um, obviously went early the uh, the next year, and Dennis came into the um, y- you know as the uh, the coach, and there was a there was a real sort of fear factor about him because a lot of the guys had played um, you know in the nineties under him, yeah. and I, I was sort of uh, almost dreading it. I think you know thinking uh, you know from the uh, the horror stories I heard, it, it was um, you know my body was at a point that um, I didn't have a lot of uh, petrol left in the tank, but. Um, Luckily, you know, um, for for me, I, I sort of uh, played a role that that you know, sort of uh, Dennis saw me uh, filling at the time. You know, we had Corey McKernan and Matty Capuano coming through, so you know, my my role was pretty simple. I, I had to, you know, sort of, um, you know, take the sting out of the opposition ruckman in the first five or ten minutes, and um, and then come off the ground and Corey would come off, off a half-forward flank and jump over the top of him, and then I'd go on in the uh, the tail end of the quarter and, and you know, sort of lean on him and jump into him and do everything I could <laughs> to slow him down. And and uh, so it was basically, you know, sort of, um, you know, jumping into my opponent and, and keeping him out of Wayne Carey's way. And, and uh, you know, it was a, was a pretty easy gig in the end. Yes, it certainly would have been quite memorable seeing those guys who became superstars in their early years. We're speaking with Alex Ashenko, one of the great cult heroes of footy here on SEN. We are reflecting on some of the great finals this week, Alex, given we have finally reached that time of year. Tell us about the intensity of the 1994 preliminary final against the Cats. You were playing, I think, on John Barnes that day. Was it the most intense game you ever played in? Yeah, look, look, it was, and, and and we we'd had quite a few games. I think we um, was that the same year we had the draw against Hawthorne out at uh, Waverley. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it was. Um, yeah. Yep. But we'd had quite a few, you know, sort of um, intense games, and we were um, we were very confident. So and even now, you know, if you go back and you you know every now and then they show that game on TV and you 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 catch a um, a glimpse of it and you sort of think, oh. Bloody hell, you know. Um, compared to uh, what the guys are doing these days, it's um, you know it was real, you know, sort of bash and crash and just get the ball forward without a lot of um, you know science to it. But look, Kerry was a freak um, in terms of his confidence and um, and his belief in himself. And um, you know, we we sort of all you know, there, there are a lot of good players in the side. Don't get don't get me wrong, but we had a system and we played to that and. Um, you know uh, that that game was one we probably should have won, and you know even I, you know, you talk about games that sort of um, lodged in your memory. You know, I can sort of remember a couple of incidents in that game that I, I think if only you know I'd sort of done this, or if only I'd done that, you know, would the result have been uh, different? But um, as Dennis Pagan would say, if you only had whiskers, you'd be your uncle. So uh, no good dwelling at the, on the on the past. But but uh, Barnsley certainly. He, um, he ran me around uh, everywhere, and particularly, you know, I had a couple of good stints in the, uh, the the game, and then there were there were times where he really got hold of me and uh, ran me ragged, and uh, as he should have. But I uh, I think I might have said to him uh, late in the game that you know if we weren't going to win the game, he wasn't going to be playing the next week anyway. So uh, <laughs> the choice was his. So uh, but I didn't get near him. 
Oh, that's brilliant. Do you remember where you were when Gary Ablett took that one-handed mark in the goal square with about two seconds left? You must have been thinking, bloody hell, after all that effort. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon what, what Barnsley was doing was putting in these repeat leads up. You know, he was sort of dragging me from... He'd, he'd taken a mark deep in defence not long before that and then sprinted up the other end of the field and... Um, uh, you know, a few little things that had happened. And Lee Tudor had the uh, the ball, and uh, you know, Barnsley was you know was sort of taking me right back, then you know, sort of leading out. And I think I'd followed him out, and and, uh, and Lee had uh, sort of tumbled a uh, mongrel punt in, and and Ablett was behind Nicky Martin at the time, and just managed to um, you know sort of uh, out position him. I was probably about ten twenty yards in front of him, mm. but uh, looking back, nothing I could do. Yeah, it was an exciting finish. We're speaking with Alex Ashenko here on SEN. Just a few more before I let you go. We appreciate your time this evening. As I said before, you were renowned as an intimidating ruckman. Who were the great ruckmen you enjoyed playing against and who was the toughest matchup in your time? Um, yeah, probably, probably a good question. Um, look, look, Simon Madden was um, was probably uh, by far and away the most decorated uh, ruckman I, I played against. You know, he, he was a... Um, yeah, great player, and, and invariably Ochi had some some pretty good games against him. It was his brother Justin, who was um, who was just you know sort of bigger again that I uh, I probably struggled against more. I don't think I ever played a good game against uh, uh, Justin Madden. I you know um, a few of the guys, Scotty Wine. I mean, the year he won his Brownlow, I reckon he got a third of his votes on me. He won with eighteen <laughs> votes, and, uh, and I reckon there were uh, two games that wasn't six votes, and certainly uh, you know five votes he got on me um, that, that year. So um, yeah, there was there were some players that just um, for for no other reason. I, I don't know why. You had some players you matched up well against, and uh, some that you, uh, you you didn't. But um, yeah, Simon was um, was probably the uh, you know the, the the best player, even though I was getting him at the uh, towards the end of his career, whilst I was um, you know sort of probably a little earlier on. That's right. I think Simon Adam retired at the end of '92. Now you've worked as a part-time ruck coach for North Melbourne in the past, a few years back, probably six or seven years back. You must be pleased with the progression of Toddy Goldstein, who was probably stiff to miss out on All Australian selection. Tell us about your time working with Goldie. Back in those days, um, yeah. Look, he was um, it, it was um, it was interesting because when I uh, I got the call from uh, from Donald McDonald to uh, to come down because he was he was trying to re-sign Goldie at the time. He was the um, footy manager, Donald, and um, one of the things that uh, Goldie's management put forward was that you know they North didn't have the resources and and uh, you know he wasn't going to improve. Without those resources there, so I think I went down and Donald might have got me a couple of flight upgrades to um, to uh, the states or something like that that he that he didn't deliver on. I'll have to chuck that in there. But uh, um, look, he was um, he he was always a precocious talent. You know, um, basketball background, so very good below his knees. He uh, great aerobic capacity, great leap. Um, he was just that really good size, you know. Um, and interestingly, uh, you know, I've, I've said to Goldie quite a few times over the journey t- for him to um, to have a look at um, Simon Madden and you know his career and what he'd achieved, you know, three hundred seventy odd games and four or five hundred goals, you know, because I I really thought that the two two of them weren't 
dissimilar, you know, in terms of both being lefties and not being overly, you know, sort of large ruckman, but moving very well, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Goldie's really over the years, you know, sort of progressed and, you know, he's now, you know, probably into his uh, his, his 30s now and um, playing probably some of the best footy of his uh, his life. No doubt, and he's a joy to watch and a real shining light for North Melbourne fans. Last couple, do you feel for Bad Jack Dorr, who was delisted, and were you ever someone who developed a strong relationship with him in his early days, as well as others as a ruck coach? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I again, I really like Mad Jack. I've, I've been a big um, proponent of his, you know, uh, from his time at North, and, you know, a lot of people have said, well, he was there for eight or nine years and, and the like, but the things he could do were... Um, were freakish, really. You know, he's just got these uh, these physical attributes that I've never seen in any other um, any other player. And and look, he did have uh, you know some some limitations, you know, around his um, his aerobic capacity and a few other things. But you know, so was uh, Nick Nat and um, and others. And I, I honestly thought um, you know he was hard done by. I'd love to see him get another chance. And uh, I reckon he he's um, he he just brings a very different. Um, you know, view to your uh, your centre bounce mix as a um, as a second ruckman, um, but then you know he can do things forward and back as well. It's just uh, for him, he, he wasn't able to get the uh, the consistency that you probably need to have these days to ensure you stay on a uh, on a list. One of the great cult heroes of footy and imposing ruckman of all time, Alex Ishenko, joining us on SEN. As I let you go, what are you up to these days? I understand you work for the Wiggles. Is that correct? That's an interesting job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a um, what's called a licensing agent. So I uh, look after all of their um, their uh, their CP, you know, their consumer products, and um, so whatever you see in a um, in a big W or a Kmart or a Target, you know, and invariably comes through uh, through us. So um, it's a it's an interesting gig, you know. And they too, the Wiggles like uh, like AFL players and the like. They're performers first and foremost, yeah. and um, you know uh, that that's sort of really. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply what they they do we we just you know sort of try and exploit their uh their ip i suppose well alex have really appreciated your time and loved your stories here on sen thanks for reminiscing about your career and your experiences in finals football and all the best for the future here's some tips for maintaining your trex deck um occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade splinter or warp Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Good on you. Thanks, Damien. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.